0: This episode is brought to you by Soccer Shots, the children's soccer experience. Soccer Shots is the official two to five-year-old soccer program of U.S. youth soccer. Find out more at SoccerShots.org slash north This is Hustle and Pro with Kelly Walker. Join Kelly as she talks sports with players, coaches, organizers, and entrepreneurs from B-W-E League to Pro. Now here's your host, Kelly Walker. You guys, we have Reggie Cannon on the show today. U.S. Men's National Team and FC Dallas' own fan favorite, Reggie Cannon. Thanks for joining us, Reggie.
1: No worries. I I love doing these things. I'm very excited.
0: Well, I'm very excited to have you on. You are one of my uh, personal favorites and family (laughs) favorites, so I'm excited to talk to you. Before we jump into some questions, though, I have a few quick hits to get to know you a little bit better. Um, So, are you ready? I'm ready. Who's your favorite all-time athlete?
1: My favorite all-time athlete would probably be Gareth Bale. Um, I, I, I know it kind of comes as a surprise. Most people say Messi, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. But um, I grew up watching Gareth Bale from when he was a left back, so I can kind of relate to him in that way. And I'll never forget the, the game in the Champions League when they played Inter Milan, and he was electric. He scored a hat-trick, and I think he had two or three assists in the next leg. And he d- defeated one of the, the most complete defenses in the world at that time. And it, it kind of stood out to me because he's always been through the, the tough parts with criticism, and at Real Madrid he kind of struggled to fit in. And you know, I I kind of I kind of relate to that in a sense because he, he kind of persevered through all that to become eventually one of the most expensive players of all time. know, I, I really admire everything he's been through, and I really relate to him.
0: Fantastic, not the answer I expected, but I love it. <laughs> Who's your favorite all-time team?
1: My favorite all-time team. That's a tough. Qu- mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a tough question. Um. I'd probably have to go with 2011 Barcelona. I know you don't want all soccer answers. No, that's a, that's specific. That's n- no. great. Um, I you know obviously I grew up watching Bar. Everyone grew up watching Barcelona, you know. But you know that was messy when he mm-hmm. was. He was. He's still an alien Ta- today, but it was more of. He, no one knew what to think of him at the time, and so watching him play on that team with Xavi and Iniesta was electric. It was one of the best moments of my life.
0: What's your favorite sport to watch?
1: besides soccer um I would say basketball because my brother actually grew up playing basketball so we would always watch you know um Kobe Bryant we have arguments all the time you know um yeah that's I love I love basketball growing up I played it as well so you know it was a a very great experience
0: okay now I ask everybody what's your favorite sport to play so I'm gonna assume you're gonna say soccer but you might have another answer
1: um my first answer definitely would be soccer but it would also be basketball, too, because okay. uh, growing up playing it, you know, my brother would always challenge me and everything. He was older than me, so I'd play up with my brother a lot of the times playing basketball. It was great playing with my brother up, you know, kind of getting that bonding experience with him. Toughen you
0: up a little bit uh-huh. too. Yeah,
1: but basketball was, it, it gave me that feeling almost as soccer. It was a challenge, and mm-hmm. it was fun. It was fast-paced, and it was somewhat chaotic, so that's why I really enjoyed it. What's the farthest
0: distance you've traveled to play soccer? Or if you went to watch a match somewhere, what's the farthest you've been for sports?
1: I think Czechoslovakia. Uh, we went there. I think it was the U17 USA cycle. We went there to play France and um, Czech Republic. We played. We played all those teams over there. Um, I think that's the farthest I play. I played. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the farthest I played.
0: Do you have any superstitions? Game day superstitions.
1: My game day superstition is I always, the first foot on the field always has to be my right foot. It always, I don't know where that originated from, but it always has to be the first step on the field. Okay.
0: I notice you guys have a lot of on the field, crossing Mm -hmm. over the line or coming out of the tunnel. Little um, quirk. Yeah, a that lot you guys of players do.
1: actually like do that. Matt Hedges does. He, mm-hmm. he takes that first step. Everyone has a little, little thing when they or, step on the field. Or touches the grass, or right? They, I think. Um, or kisses. Yeah, Jesse always you scoops know, a little. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a little superstition when they step on the field. It's, it's awesome. It
0: is. I love it. I love watching it. Okay. So I I mentioned, I called you a favorite. Um, So you are one of my family's favorites and it's because you're a homegrown guy and we love the way you play on the field, but we also are thankful for the kindness that you give your fans because we notice that as fans. Mm -hmm. So is that willingness to give autographs and take pictures with kids and kind of go above and beyond something that just is a natural thing that is happening? Or did you tell yourself you were going to do that if you ever got the chance? How does that work for you?
1: That's just more of my personality. You know, I I watch these fans, you know, after the game, before the games, and, you know, they travel travel all these places to, co- to come support us. Even at home, it, the support is great from, you know, the fans that truly care. And, you know, I never want any fan to feel... To feel betrayed by us you know I always try to give the most time and the most energy and Lucci actually gets mad at me because I miss the after game meetings because I'm you know taking pictures with fans I'm signing autographs I'm shaking everyone's hands yeah you're
0: usually one of the yeah. last ones out there yeah
1: <laughs> right and um it, it's it's not only it's not only for me but it's more so for them because I know how much it makes a kid's day to to get that jersey or to get a signature to get a picture because I was one of those kids one day you know in the, in the stands and when you know someone I was calling out their name and they didn't quite hear me it hurt you know it hurt a little bit so you know, I always try to make sure I get everyone in the crowd because it's, it's a, it's a better feeling for me than, <laughs> than it is for them. But I, I always want to make sure I give everyone the attention they deserve.
0: Well, it doesn't go without being noticed. It's fantastic. <laughs> Let's talk about U.S. Men's National Team. So it's been a huge year for you, getting so much time with them. Um, so I know you you were on, like you said, younger cycles of the team. But um, for this, what is it? The first team? I mean, what do, what do we call the it? The, the senior team. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. So for the senior team. Um, what do you remember about when you found out and got the call-up for that? Where were you? What do you remember about that?
1: The first ever call-up? I first don't know. Whichever team? one
0: that sticks out in your um, mind, whether it's U-17 or something or, or the senior team.
1: I think the senior team is actually when I got called up for the Gold Cup. I think that was probably the most special because... Originally, I wasn't on the roster for the Gold Cup, and it really hurt, you know, because I wasn't, you know, his first choice or second choice. And then um, I ended up being called on my birthday, <laughs> you know, co- go coming home from the grocery store, getting literally all my groceries for the next two or three weeks. And Greg calls me on the phone 21, right? <laughs> right. 21st birthday? 21, yeah. Tw- 21st birthday, and he calls me and says, you know, Tyler Adams took a knock, and we want you to step up. And, you know, it was, you know, it was a great feeling. I didn't go in thinking that, you know, oh, I'm the last man into camp or anything like that. And my confidence really shot up. Up, you know, during that because you know, Greg trusted me with that position, and you know, I ended up starting in the semifinal, final off the way I was playing, and you know, it, it, it kind of goes to show, you know, you have to always be on your toes and kind of persevere through those moments because you never know what could happen. Yeah.
0: yeah that's that, what I was, I was yeah. going to ask you is what, what did that experience, what'd you learn from it so far?
1: It's, you always have to be ready and you can't ever hang your head and feel sorry for yourself because soccer happens so fast. You know, those 90 minutes go by so fast and every opportunity goes by. You just have to take every moment in and kind of really live in the moment.
0: So, whether it's U.S. Men's National Team or here at FC Dallas, um, what player has surprised you the most that you've gotten to play with? Play with.
1: What player surprised me the most?
0: Probably like U.S. Men's National Team. If there was somebody you were looking forward to playing with, or somebody you didn't know until that you'd played with before, till you got there, and that taught you something, or um, that you took something away from.
1: I think it would definitely be Michael Bradley. Um, not only because I knew he was a world-class player before I even met the guy, um, but his his leadership on and off the field was unparalleled. Even though he he didn't wear the captain's band all the time, he was always lecturing guys, coaching guys where to be. He told me to always look in certain spots to have certain options. Michael Michael is you know I, I really don't think he gets the respect he deserves because he's he's a huge leader and he's really influential in that national team. He helped everyone come together in that group that really pushed us to get to that. And obviously we're disappointed not to lift the cup but you know he he really pushed everyone in in a certain sense because i remember before the mexico game he could tell i was so nervous you know it was my first you know mexico yeah. game it was derby yeah. and it was the final of the gold cup and the training before i you know i played terrible i was nervous i was shaky and i was just sitting by myself looking at the field because i was like this is gonna happen tomorrow with Soaking sixty thousand fans yeah. Yeah. he comes up to me sits by me and he puts his hand on my shoulder and says just go for it, you know, don't, don't worry if you make a mistake, just go for it, and that, I will always remember that memory for the rest of my life, because I would have never played as well as I did if I didn't have that comfort from someone who's been in the game so long, yeah. and, you know, I, I have the utmost respect for Michael Bradley, he, he's truly influ- influential, that's
0: great, natural leader, and
1: a natural leader, that's the best natural way to good describe teammate. Him.
0: and like his dad, right, isn't his yeah. dad, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. coach, all right, so, I want to talk about Christian Pulisic and how he's paved the way for American players getting more exposure in Europe. So I want to know from your point of view, how do you see this shift from your perspective?
1: Um, yeah, Christian Christian Pulisic has really, really paved the way for American players to kind of take that leap over into Europe. Um, I think he's given players more options. Like they have more options to go to Europe. They're not really forced to, in a sense. They have that path that's carved out for them now because he's a trailblazer. That's the best way to describe him. Um, because I honestly think, you know, Europe isn't for everyone. It's, it, it's easy to say, oh, everyone should go to Europe and they'll get better, but it could easily destroy someone's career just as much as it could help it. And so the, the good thing about it is Christian has paved that path so now people respect Americans more on the European side of things, but it also gives us the option to stay or to go. So now we have multiple options in that area. And so Christian, the best way to describe it is a trailblazer. He, he, you know, he, he forged that path for many people to come.
0: Have you played with him?
1: I have. Yes, I did play with on him on a
0: in U.S. Gold Miss Cup. National Team.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Gri- not this one. No, before. It, no, I played with him in the Gold Cup. Actually, he was he was on the field. Him and Weston in the midfield. Yeah.
0: Is there any player, like realistically in life now, that's that's playing or is still playing, that is on your bucket list of who you want to be on the field with?
1: <sighs> hmm. Um. National team, or it could be anyone. Um. Obviously, uh, I can say Messi or someone, yeah. you know, but I think. Um, you better get over there quick <laughs> if you're going to play with Messi, right? <laughs> um, you know, I, I know this is, you know, I, I, think, I think one of the players I've, I've always strived to play with is, it came true, was Christian Pulisic And, you know, because even then, you know, I played with Weston growing up in the academy, so I, I knew all these guys, but, you know, it was always a, a dream to kind of play with Christian to see what kind of quality he actually brought. And the kid is un- <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I can't even describe. Like, he glides. He looks like he doesn't even touch the ground. Yep. Um, I know I sound like I'm just blowing smoke. No, but he's
0: so fun to watch, he's and he's different. He, there is something mm-hmm. different about him, something and, special for but sure.
1: But I think the thing about him is, is it's his confidence. He's not afraid to make a mistake. He'll take risks. And I think that's, that's something a lot of American players can learn because many players could n- not play. You know, I think could play like him and you could learn from him. And, you know, it's his confidence that really sets him apart from everyone else.
0: So you turned 21 this summer. You said that earlier. So yeah. where do you see yourself at 25?
1: In 25? Uh, tough question. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I either I either see myself playing in Europe and, you know, challenging myself every day, playing in that tough environment, um, or I see myself giving everything for FC Dallas. I um, mean, it's always been a dream uh, for me to play in Europe and to challenge myself and ultimately, ultimately to be one of the best right backs in the world. That's been my dream since I was, you know, very young. Um So I really think Europe is a a high possibility whenever it might happen. Um, But obviously, you know, I'm going to take things step at a time, and right now my my priority is FC Dallas. So you
0: mentioned that um, that's always been your dream. So I'm curious, though, growing up, I always want to know what athletes did other sports. You talked about basketball. Mm -hmm. Did you play other things also besides basketball and soccer?
1: I played, I think, Every sport growing up, I ran track, I played uh, baseball, I even played roller hockey, um, I played football, I, I played every sport growing up, middle school, high school, um, but the thing was that that's why I kind of was challenged to always push myself to the next level because I was always playing up with my brother since he was two years older than me. I would play football up. I would play basketball up. Uh, I'd play roller hockey up. So you were a little guy was out a, there. I was a little guy out there. And so I was always playing with people two years older than me, soccer, everything. So it kind of gave me that mentality of, you know, yeah. having everything against you. But no, I, I, I always talk about this, how my brother kind of pushed me to have that attitude going into everything. So he made me really competitive in the person I am today.
0: So you played all that even through high school? You mm-hmm. were playing that many? Th- well, not no, that no. much. In, in
1: in high school, it was more. I ran I ran track um, and soccer. That was really man. Track weird.
0: is such a every uh, most of the pro athletes that i interview yeah. track is a common theme it is it that is. i didn't realize yeah. that how much it is probably preparing you obviously conditioning mm-hmm. and just keeping your body healthy and mm-hmm. and there's for your a sport, wide a
1: wide range of things you can do in track that would fit anyone any anyone could find an event they're somewhat good at in track so it, it's it's a good condition i i did it for not only because i knew soccer then was really going to be my goal going forward
0: what like um, high school when yeah. when do you think that that actual focus was
1: the actual focus shift. 10. I think freshman year in high school is when it shift uh, yeah. shifted. But I I did track freshman and sophomore year to get even more conditioning. You know, because I would train in the mornings and then run track, and then so I would get even more conditioning and that I already needed. Um, yeah, I,
0: it's funny though because track is one of those things that you don't. I mean, normally you don't start doing that until seventh grade. Right. It's like around here, that's how you know school right. athletics. I mean, if you if your parents ran track, you're going to get into it earlier. But most right. kids don't even start that sport. Until yeah. middle school. Yeah, for sure. Whereas all the other sports we start at three, four, yeah. five and think that's our, yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, that's our good sport. So it's interesting how mm-hmm. even introduced to track in middle school, it sticks with a lot of you guys and helps you out. hmm Um, so, you focused on soccer, you did FC Dallas Academy through high school?
1: I did do FC Dallas Academy through high school. I was originally on Solar, Chelsea, uh, pre-academy and academy freshman and sophomore year, Then I made a tough decision to switch to FC Dallas, U16 academies, uh, junior and senior year. Um, it was a really tough decision for me to come to FC Dallas, you know, leaving everything, but, uh... It, yeah. it ultimately changed my life and it worked for you know you. it was actually Lucci who you know pushed because i originally told him i want to stay at solar he's like no reggie i promise you it's gonna change oh, your really? life and everything and so he convinced me and my parents he kept pushing i was like why is this guy pursuing so hard like i'm like i'm a high schooler you know I, he saw something and yeah and he saw some potential in me that i had a future here and you know i always respect Lucci so much for that because he you know without him i definitely wouldn't have been at fc dallas um and so, you know, he really saw a future for me.
0: That's awesome. I, that's what I love about him being mm-hmm. named head coach um, before the season started was just that it's a full circle. You guys, a lot of you guys, we have such a young team. I know you're not among the youngest, but mm-hmm. he has come up with so many of yeah. you guys that mm-hmm. it's such a cool story. Mm-hmm. All right. So the name of this podcast is Hustle and Pro. So tell me from your point of view, now that you've made it to the pro level, what was the hustle to get you here compared to the hustle now that you are here?
1: So the way I got here was a really, really tough path. Um, You know, I, I would find myself training even five times a day. I know that sounds crazy, but I would wake up, train with the academy, and go to high school and train with the high school soccer team during school, train with the high school soccer team after school, And then go train with the first team because I would get called up from Oscar, and you know because he saw something too to go train with the first team, and then sometimes play indoor later at night. And I know that sounds crazy to some people, and my mom even told me I was crazy at points.
0: (laughs) It does sound like a lot when you don't know the final outcome. That sounds crazy. And
1: people thought I was just chasing a stupid dream, but I was in reality, and it worked out. And you know, it's something that I think people don't really see the struggle that went on behind the scenes. Obviously, it's tough for them, but. Um, that's something that really defined my career and obviously coming here in 2017 and not playing a single minute and lose uh, uh leaving college and leaving ucla it's a tough decision and it was a tough season for me and that really shaped me as a, as a human being to kind of push and you know take every take every moment in you know coming into 2018 and starting and starting to play and being young you know i didn't i didn't think that my age you know meant i had to wait my turn i, I kind of pushed my way into that starting 11 and You know, it it was tough, you know, not playing any minutes. You know, I I think people really underestimate how much it takes out of you mentally, physically, emotionally. You know, food doesn't taste the same when you're not, you know, you're not playing. And I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. And and it's one of the toughest things you have to go through. And now that I've kind of, you know, cracked into the starting 11, I played with the senior national team. You know, it, now that you've shown everyone the coup de gras, it's tough to kind of, you know, find your balance. That's something I'm kind of figuring out in my game is, you know, how can you push even beyond that level? Because this is honestly just as hard as not playing because now you're in a rhythm. Yeah. But how are you going to get to the next level when it's comfortable, you know, yeah. because you know you're in the starting 11. You know, you know, and it's – Lucci pushes me. He always pushes me with that, and he tries to make me uncomfortable in many situations, but – I think the because that's thing, the
0: only way to keep getting right, better. That's, that's the only yeah. way to keep
1: getting better, and it's the only way the only way you're going to keep it getting better is pushing yourself. And if no one is doing that for you, then you have to be willing to do that for you. And that's something that a lot of pros struggle with. Even this year for us, is that they know they're going to start, and you have to find a way to push yourself, to challenge yourself, to get to the next level because you're thinking of what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's definitely one of the, the tough, tougher things that's happened this year. But, you know, I'm kind of finding my stride and I'm, you know, finding the ways to challenge myself and push myself beyond my limits.
0: Well, you're doing a great job <laughs> of it. We're enjoying it. So <laughs> congrats you. on the year so far. So I want to tell people, um, get out there to a game. Um, so FC Dallas is playing through the end of August, of course, um, through September, through October, Hopefully through mm-hmm. November mm-hmm. as long as we can make this season last um so go to FCdos.com, find out when the next home game is at Toyota Stadium and grab your tickets to get out there and see Reggie on the field with uh let's see Jesse and Reto <laughs> and Paxi mm-hmm. and all these guys mm-hmm. it's really fun to watch them out there right now so thanks for I know you just got off the training field <laughs> so thanks for coming over and sitting down with us and talking to us Reggie no
1: worries it's a great experience thank you so much